You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you can join us. Welcome. We're here today with Dr. Birva Shaw. Birva Shaw OD is now with Apellis Pharmaceuticals in Waltham, Massachusetts. That's a jump that she made from clinical practice to industry um, in 2021, in, uh, in April of 2021. Dr. Shaw, welcome. We're excited to hear about your journey. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So so you started out, as many ODs do, um, in clinical practice. And, mm-hmm. and my hunch is that at ICO, that's kind of where you assumed you'd be you'd be going. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And, and so um, almost nine years of, of practice and, and you decided to, to take this uh, um, other pathway. Tell, tell us how that happened. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I did a residency actually right after too. So I was in this mindset that I was going to stay in clinical practice forever, open up my own practice. And don't get me wrong. I loved, loved what I did. It was, you know, I love seeing patients. Um, I was very involved. I worked at a hospital and a private ophthalmology practice. So between those two settings, I was teaching, lecturing, um, seeing uh, many different types of pathology patients. And then I also um, was doing a lot of publications there too. So it was an exciting time. But I think by year seven, eight, I I got to a point where, can I see myself doing this for the next 15 or 20 years. And I think that's where my mind started churning a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of looking into what else is out there. And that's where I entered this crazy journey of going into industry just for a new challenge, something more exciting. And, you know, I can always go back if, you know, if things don't work out, but it was a journey that I didn't know how to go into, but I learned a lot throughout the way. That's interesting. Did you have guidance in in deciding that industry was the direction you wanted to go in? Um, yes and no. Um, I, I did a lot of things proactively, and um, I had a friend who was in industry as well. So we were colleagues, and so five years ago, I kind of went ahead and reached out to her to get a feel for the role, but I don't think timing was right for me. And then when... I got more and more motivated to take this new route, new challenge. I did a lot of research on my own. I listened to podcasts. I researched online. There are so many societies and information you can find. And that opened a whole web of networking that I had to go ahead and do. And then when you, did did you find the company? Did they find yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how does, how does that work? Oh, I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> I initially went ahead and just applied on LinkedIn. And I'm like, okay, well, you're back. Didn't hear back for three or four months. Then I did it again and didn't hear back again. So I'm like, well, I'm doing something wrong. So that one friend I had in industry, I reached out to her and I'm like, hey, how do you do this? What I learned, it's like this coveted black hole. Like you can't just apply on it. Um, it was a lot of networking. So I got some referrals from her. And then I started just cold messaging on LinkedIn um, to ophthalmology-related companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, went, I looked at big pharma, small pharma. I looked at their medical affairs teams. I got to know, I looked at the, you know, the VP of medical affairs, you know, the hiring managers, the field directors. I didn't know all this terminology until I started researching who do I go to, who do I ask? Mm-hmm. And honestly, out of the 30 messages I would send out, I get two back. And then 
you are lucky because one out of those, somebody will give you another referral. And then eventually I went down this path for six to nine months almost of cold messaging and emailing. I would do calls before clinic, after clinic with all sorts of people, MDs, PhDs, PharmDs and industry, just so they know my name is out there. Mm-hmm. I'm excited and interested in their company in hopes that when there is a position posted, they'll reach out to me. It sounds like it was more a matter of you saying, this is the career path I want to go in and I will find an opportunity in it versus saying, I just love what Apellus does get sure. me into them. I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. You have to, once you have interviews, there's options. So yeah, I, I was very niched in the area that I wanted to do. I mean, my background is optometry, ophthalmology, so I had to be eye care related. Um, and I loved retina back posterior segment. Um, so I, I, you narrow down a lot. For, I mean, pharmaceuticals is there's so many therapeutic areas. So when you start going straight into the ophthalmology community, it becomes a lot more narrow. So there's a handful of companies you're looking at. Um, and then once you had other options, I really looked into what does a company have to offer? What can I get at a company? Is there room to grow? How, you know, what kind of resources are available for me? So once I started having more interviews, I really started nitpicking each company and saying, what is going to be the best for my future and career growth? And what, how are they going to benefit me as well? And, and then when, so, so what do you do now? Tell yeah. us about what a day is like. Absolutely. So it's, well, it's two months of onboarding. So my day just started this past month. Um, so I'm a medical science liaison. Um, and, you know, the primary goal for an MSL, it's you're maintaining and establishing peer-to-peer relationships in the scientific community to with physicians or key opinion leaders, but also having that scientific background, you're helping internally in the company throughout the whole um, product life cycle or drug life cycle with any type of scientific information that was required or needed. So a lot of my day-to-day right now is helping with internal projects um, and also going out and meeting uh, physicians that are part of our clinical trials or new physicians that we want to gain uh, insight from. So it's exciting, it's innovating, um, and you're kind of at the forefront of any type of new research in medicine. Interesting. Interesting. Do you miss patient care? Uh, I thought I would, but I actually am loving what I'm doing. Um, It's exciting and innovative to just kind of use your seven and eight years of clinical background and apply it in a completely different genre. Um, You're helping such a broad group of people when that drug, if it does well, I mean, you're able to help so many patients out there day-to-day clinic, I was helping one patient at a time, but here I feel like I'm just able to impact in a different way. So what is geographic atrophy? Yeah, Geographic atrophy, um, it's the advanced version of dry macular degeneration. So it's a complete loss or atrophic lesions uh, resulting from the loss of photoreceptors, chorea capillaris, and then the underlying RPE. Um, It's progressive, it's irreversible, and and it leads to permanent vision loss. So becoming um this this medical liaison has that opened up a new pathway new opportunities for you sure I, you know absolutely i think once entering pharmaceutical they call it entering the dark side um there, there's so many opportunities that 
are available. Um, you are engaging with so many physicians. Um, you're learning about all the different products that are on the market right now. So absolutely, you learn what you love to do and what you don't love to do within the company. So as you're you just being asked to be at different projects and different opportunities, you learn what type of roles you want to try to try in the future, but also how you want to grow. Uh, is this where you want to go long term? Do you like small pharma, big pharma? There are so many opportunities to be challenged um, within your own company, but down the road, it, you know what the possibilities are. So how do you wish that uh, other ODs were um, provided these opportunities or or were able to learn about them? I mean, you, yeah. you put a lot of work into, into finding it. it could it, should it be easier? Uh, absolutely. I think when you're in uh, optometry school, you don't learn about industry roles. It's not something that's done. I think pharmacy does a really good job. Um, pharmacy talks about clinical pharmacy, but they also talk about industry pharmacy, research pharmacy. I think in optometry, we're really just geared on clinical pharmacy. And I think you need that background though, before entering into an industry type role, because you need to know the disease states. You need to see what you love and what you don't love. But once you have that background, I mean, to each their own and what they want to do to pursue it. But that having that background of, hey, there are other opportunities available and this is how to get there, I think that will make a huge impact. ODs are slowly, slowly, slowly getting into that pharma world and you're seeing it more and more in interior sag, posterior sag. So it's exciting. And, and do you feel like your time in patient care made you more um, relatable to the doctors you're talking yeah. to? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think, be, so my role as a medical science liaison, I think there's... Uh, couple traits. So I think communication is huge, um, being the ability to talk and be proactive, but at the same time, um, having that scientific background. So seeing those patients, you really learn how to communicate with the patients, the doctors, how to grow your practice, um, and constant learning. You're, uh, you know, just learning from CE, learning from day-to-day -day patient care that builds your scientific database. And then as you get more involved, um, in your community, just if you're lecturing, speaking, teaching, all of that really does help leverage a role into industry because you're able to take everything that you learned and apply it. So absolutely, that constant what you've done in clinic makes a huge difference on how you would handle industry. When I went into this entire journey slash path, I think that amount of networking, um, so I think that was very eye-opening for me. I don't, I did not realize how hard it was and I did not realize how much patience and energy it takes out of you. So I think my always keyword advice is once people are really helpful out there, they're very, very helpful. They're very helpful and trying to help you in their best interest. So reaching out and you're, you know, you're your own cheerleader. So you have to work hard to get there, but it's doable and it's feasible. Um, I, I think it just takes time and patience. And I think that's a part that I didn't know. But but in terms of, of mining your, your existing network and expanding it to, to a larger network, um, my hunch is that many ODs don't necessarily have a 
a, a vast network in the pharma. They don't. And that's right. your, yeah, you're creating your own network. Um, and that takes time and patience. I, I thought I could land a position a month. I'm like, well, I'm an OD. I have this background, but also timing plays a role. Who you talk to plays a role. So just constantly showcasing your interest, your drive, your passion, but also knowing the background of the companies. Anybody I would talk to, I would research the company. I would research their drug. And then I would talk to them and keep questions ready to ask them. And always, if I don't hear back every five to six weeks, I would message them again and say, hey, I, you know, just it's me. I'm really, you know, I'm still interested. Um, let me know in the future if anything arises. And it was trying to keep up with that. And that's what helped you, I, you know, to get phone calls back six months later. Hey, we have a position coming up. Do you want to apply? I'll send a referral for you. And mm -hmm. those referrals are what was so crucial to and or get a position in pharmacy, uh, pharmaceuticals. Right, right. Interesting. And you say the interview process is different because, of course, you you train for, uh, you know, an associate OD type yes, interview, yes. you know, <laughs> or or maybe uh, how to how to talk to a bank to get to get a loan or something Absolutely. like that. But you don't really train for for a position like this. What what did you learn there? Um, I talked to a lot of people that had current roles as medical science liaisons and really learned. And then I listened to podcasts um, and I read a lot online. So I would do that first on how to interview for this role. And the interviews, each company is so different. Um, they're usually panel interviews, but our COVID world, instead of flying you out there to interview, everything was done virtually. Um, some companies I met with five or six people, but all of them required a presentation. So you also have to do a clinical presentation. Um, some give you the topic, some you create on your own. Because the main purpose here is if you can, how do you communicate and can you convey scientific information um, in an eloquent and, um, I guess, communicative manner? Uh, that, right. Mm, That's efficient, right? <laughs> That's efficient, yes. But yeah, it, it was just make sure you knew the company, make sure you knew the newest stuff, but also what skills that you had, your weakness, you know, just uh, it, learning, putting yourself out there, but also learning what the company has to possess. And then having a, lots of questions to ask them too. So right. keeping that ready as well. So yeah, it was a learning process ranging from like two, three hour interviews to four or five hour interviews. Whew. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that's interesting because you, you, must have some experience from from being on the the clinical, the practice, the, the the patient management side of having someone come in and present to you a new product, a new lens, a new a new drug, and so so you had probably already in your mind decided this person's a good presenter, this person is not as good. Yeah, no, and it's very different. And so those that are coming into your office are uh, sales. So mm -hmm. sales and commercial are very different than what you are doing as a, a medical, you're in the medical affairs team. It's peer-to-peer -peer communication. So you're exchanging uh, li uh, literature, data with doctors to see how they're treating, managing, what can we do differently, and bringing those insights back internally to see how can we utilize and leverage this for the goals of our company. So that's your purpose. So it's learning from what came in. It was more so what, how did I interact with doctors at work? How did I co-manage? I think those are the skill sets that I am taking back and using it here. So you found a, a, a niche that you 
maybe didn't really even yes. recognize. Yes. No, I need you to recognize and just, I think, a niche to see where it can take you in the next five years and 10 years. I think that it has so many pros as far as growth potential and just work-life balance. Um, it, it's, it's a great opportunity and I'm excited to see where it goes. So somebody who is interested in pursuing this, where, what are the top two, three sources that they can sure. go to? Absolutely. Um, I, th- I absolutely loved all the podcasts I listened to and uh, I'll name drop some of them, but I loved um, MSL Talk and MSL Consultant. Um, they had some great insights on how to break through them to the role. And I know saying breakthrough sounds crazy, but it is breaking into industry. So how do you do that? And they had some great speakers, great lecturers on there. So it's very insightful, but also to learn the role. I mean, you don't have to enter as a medical science liaison. You can go into medical informations, um, and go into clinical scientists. There's lots of other opportunities. You have to see what fits into your um, background and what you are, what you desire and want to pursue in. By just learning the role and what it entails, talk to people. I think that's your biggest resource. Talk, 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 talk all day. Mm-hmm. Meet with them, talk to them, um, gain as much insight and follow up with them. Wonderful. That's good advice. Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for being part of WO Voices. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again on WO Voices. If you'd like to be a guest on the series, please send us an email at wovoicesonline at gmail.com, through our website at womeninoptometry.com, through Facebook at WO Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.